Welcome to the CFX Con Connections podcast. CFX aims to educate and connect the people producing church services with those seeking to provide a better experience to their community. My name is Michelle McCarriac, and I'll be hosting this month's podcast. I've worked uh, for Technologies for Worship magazine since 2007, and have been the editor for the last 11 years. I am absolutely passionate about using the magazine as a platform to help houses of worship learn about the various ways they can use technology to augment their worship and grow their ministry. Today, we're going to be talking with Ricky Perenchief. Ricky is a two-time Emmy Award winner with 20 plus years of experience in broadcast television and corporate branding. He is a highly sought after systems integrator and pro audio, video and lighting consultant, specializing in affordable technology for houses of worship. Ricky utilizes the latest in automation and smart systems into his designs, helping churches that are mostly volunteer driven to achieve consistency, dependability and broadcast excellence. His Florida based company, Proton Global Media Group, offers design, consulting, installation, training and integration. Ricky is a pastor's kid and oversees technology for his parents church, Now Church in Central Florida. That design was named as the finalist for the 2015 Integrator of the Year Awards by Commercial Integrator. He lives in Ocala, Florida with his wife, Jenny, and their two young daughters, Myla and Alana. And uh, I will also add, he is a really good friend of our magazine and writes some hugely informative articles. So you should check out some of the stuff he's written with us. Uh, welcome, Ricky. Thank you, Michelle. Good to be with you. Yeah, thanks for taking your time today. So uh, first off, Ricky, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. So uh, Proton Global started, we started in production, um, started about, I started my father's TV ministry back 23 years ago now, um, got in the industry and, you know, kind of taught myself. I was thrown in as a pastor's kid saying, hey, you know, you've had a, a love of technology, a love of creativity and systems and things. So if you just, you know, help us to start the TV ministry and let's get going here. So we did, I designed the system from the ground up um, and then got into, into production. We started doing things and people all over the region started saying, you know, how, who does your production? You guys job out to big cities like Orlando or Jacksonville or Tampa. And uh, they're like, no, you know, our, our son does it in house, you know? So we would, I would get these jobs and things and get these gigs to, 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 to uh, do some production and things. And finally it led to a, a career in, in production. And then um, probably about 15 years ago or so, I was, uh, I was at a point where I was in a transition in life and wanting to settle down and get married and have kids. And um, I realized I couldn't handle the 110, 120 hour work weeks with the, uh, with production, working with, you know, great companies and, you know, and here in the Orlando area and in, in Florida and, and around the country, really. Um, so we decided to, uh, to get in the integration side because I love, my passion is local church. I mean, as a pastor's kid, I'm not one of those uh, PKs who, who, resent church. Um, I love church. I, 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 I would be there <clears throat> anytime the doors are open, even if my parents didn't drag us there. Um, our, our goal was really to um, find our place at, at a young age to try and serve and try and use our gifts and talents um, for the kingdom. And uh, I found uh, early on, you know, I was musical, so I play the drums. And I also love production and, and broadcasting and television and streaming and, and audio and video and all, all that stuff. So that was all my world. So I learned how to work with volunteers and learned how to recruit great teams, um, learned how systems worked and, and how to make them more efficient. And with our church, we're not a mega church, uh, but the goal was to have a mega church type product and the excellence 
but not to have the budget and how to do that creatively. And, and um, it's just a challenge. And, it, and it, that really, we kind of set that moving forward um, as we started then switching into more systems integration, design consulting, and being on this side of the camera uh, and, and, the, and the audio console and stuff to be able to help churches of all sizes to really achieve great excellence, but by doing it smart and sometimes thinking outside the box. A lot of times, uh, a lot of churches, they, uh, they go with somebody who, they go with a consultant who is very highly marketed. They might've done uh, you know, some, some big churches on their resume, but yet uh, they, they didn't take the time to call that church and ask, you know, hey, is, were you happy with the job that this, this integrator did? And a lot of times I, I come in as the, the third or fourth guy uh, to clean up everybody else's mess and then interestingly enough, it's, uh, it's, it's wild because then God opens up doors and we're just uh, excited to help follow along and help, uh, help churches you know, of all sizes to really atta- attain that excellence. And, um, and just all, all types of, from, from the ground up, literally from building design infrastructure, all the way to moving in and out operating and training and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know, what you were saying there makes so much sense because you you really sort of wear two different hats, right? You've got that that point of view as um, somebody involved in church production with yeah. churches of what to do and and the struggles with volunteers and even budgeting. But because yes. you you're also an integrator, you know how important it is for uh, houses of worship to actually work with integrators to make sure the job is done properly. So absolutely, and I think I've, I've been told by a lot of senior pastors that they said, you know, what's interesting is you come in here and you you know how to speak both languages, mm-hmm. uh, and that really is, I think, one of my gifts is is you know I have a lot of my dad in me who's the senior pastor who you know he's he's a visionary. He tries to think, he thinks outside the box and he manages you know the church and everything. And then I have the, the, you know, a lot of my mom, who's more, a lot of the organization and systems and kind of things. So I'm kind of a, a mixture of the two of them. And that's really a lot of my personality gift. And, and just taking that and being able to take, uh, take the, the big picture and then bring it into small bite-sized chunks. So that way a whole team can help get to the goal. Uh, and so I can, I can sit there and talk to a mega church pastor and, and hear the vision of, you know, where are you guys headed the next five years? Um, you know, what's your plans? What are your goals? What's what's working for you? What's not working for you? What problems can we solve? Um, and then hopefully come in and make that workflow better, um, make their budgets, uh, help help their budgets uh, loosen up a little bit and, and have, you know, more money to do things more forward thinking than having to replace things or, or work their way backward with with old ancient technology that's dying. Um, so that's that's kind of what we, we look forward to do. It's a challenge in every job and every situation is just um, just a, a fun challenge for us. And we just love solving those problems. Cool. So as we know, the last year has uh, been particularly challenging with uh, COVID and, and also just with all of the different thoughts on shut down, don't shut down, open up partly, yeah. you know, however churches are making it work for them. And a lot of churches struggled initially because they did not have uh, live streaming. They, they weren't doing it or they weren't focused on it as much maybe as, as they needed to be. Yeah. Um, so let's sort of talk about that a little bit. Like now that churches have embraced um, live streaming of worship services, what would you say, let, let's focus on the lighting. So what would be the lighting that you would say would need to be addressed, particularly for live streaming and how is it different from live worship? Well, uh, a lot of times we look at what's how, how you know the, the the feeling of the room. You know, lighting sets the atmosphere. It's it's uh, 
when you're in a nice restaurant, they dim the lights. You know, there's certain accents around the room. Um, when you're when you're uh, in another place where it's bright and colorful, it just it changes your mood, it changes your vibe. So uh, in, in modern church, lighting is, is really crucial uh, to creating the atmosphere you're looking for, whether it's a black box type of church where you're doing a lot of smart lights and a lot of movers and a lot of color and a lot of beams, or whether it's a, a, a contemporary or a, a more of a modern church where there's a lot of white things, but you still want to get some color wash in there. Um, you know, we're finding that a lot of the newer um, type of designs, <clears throat> they a lot of a lot of guys who don't hire good integrators will not really get the basics right. And the basics of lighting, the white lighting, is really the key for live streaming. You know, to make sure that the preaching box we call um, and those boundaries of of where your pastor walks on the stage and and maybe on the steps or wherever his boundaries are, his or her boundaries, just to make sure those are, that's lit properly and. You know, sometimes when we go into churches, the pastor's like, well, I want to walk everywhere. I want, I want to walk, you know, down the aisles, you know, I want to walk all across the stage. I'm like, okay, well then here's your budget. And they're like, really? And then we're like, we said, how do we get that? Well, if we just shrink your boundaries a little bit, then we can not have to put as many lights and we don't have to do, oh, that's better. And they will live within the limitations if we explain it that way. But, uh, but just really getting the, the fundamentals right. And a lot of the newer, um, a lot of the newer guys uh, who are coming up, for me, I really lean a lot on my mentors. Um, one of my one of my best friends is is one of my mentors is Dan McKenrick. He'll be seventy this year. This guy's been in the industry forever and um, has been a lighting director for <clears throat> excuse me fifty years um, in the industry. Has done everything you can imagine: concert tours, interviews with presidents, you know, all those things. And you know, to to learn the basics from him and learn the fundamentals. Um, he actually just told me a few weeks ago, we, we met for lunch. Uh, I was on a project up in Virginia where he is and, uh, took him to dinner. I just enjoy any of the time I get. And he was saying, he said, listen, I've looked at your recent designs. He said, what you did for your own church. He said, it's not just a black box. He said, it has the, the fundamentals are right. You know, it's, it looks well, it looks It's well lit for broadcast, for streaming, but yet you still have the flash and you still have the modern, you know, movers and the beams and all the stuff that you guys like. He said, you know me, I don't like that. I'm old school. But he said, you guys do it right. You have the right mix. So I think that's the that's the challenge of trying to find that right mix of it's not just what the, the audience sees. It's not just what the mood you're trying to create with color or whatever. It's also the the what the camera sees. And, and really in streaming, that's most important is, is especially as congregations are still you know, coming back to church and might have more people still watching online than they do physically, um, creating that atmosphere and creating that quality of look um, that that people online can feel like they're still a part of the service, where it's not a, a, a voyeuristic experience, but it's an in, it's in a, an integrated experience. It's a, it's something where they can feel like they're they're connected to the church even though they're not there. So that's really interesting. But how? I mean, it's always a struggle, right? How do you create a balance? So, so what would you yes. say the most important things are to do that? Well, really, um, a lot of the, the buzzwords, of course, the last several years have been LED. Um, and LED, um, there are a lot of cheap LEDs out there that are that are done in um, in uh, with without great quality control, a little off, you know, off-brand type stuff. They flicker a lot on camera. So, uh, if you're if you're gonna you know dim them or do anything to them. You'll see this flicker and it just looks terrible, this rolling shutter. Um, so just first of all, getting a quality product uh, that is hopefully flicker free for broadcast is going to be, you know, one of the one of the main uh, uh, keys to, to a successful broadcast. Um, 
but also just getting the fundamentals right. I mean, a lot of churches have, um, so uh, probably 80% of churches I go into already have like source fours from ETC, for instance. And source four, you know, has a, a retrofit kit uh, that they've come out with and they have different series of those. And really it's for, to replace that, uh, you know, couple thousand dollar fixture, you can replace the whole engine in it as to an LED engine from a tungsten engine. And it's around five or $600 to do that per light. And that gives you the same power as, as the, as the tungsten approach, but it, but it gives you that LED, uh, the LED connection and gives you a full uh, DMX capabilities for that, for that light. They even have multicolor. They have full color versions of those as well now. Um, so those are things where we can create um, different moods. We can, we can use technology that's already there that, that a lot of churches already have and do it affordably because it's just an upgrade. It's just a retrofit kit than it is a whole, a whole new fixture. So that's one thing we can do is look at even retrofitting other stuff that they have. But, uh, but even just fundamentally just getting a lot of times for me, and I've learned this from, from Dan, my mentor, it's less is more. It really is. I mean, you got to get your fundamentals right. So you have to have the right amount of white light and you got to have a backlight. That way you have you know, a nice hair pop and shoulder pop to where it separates you from the background. But at the end of the day, a lot of times, with, especially with LED walls and things with some of the larger churches getting those now and those becoming more affordable, sometimes if you close your eyes, you open them up, your eyes are going to be uh, attracted to the brightest thing. And a lot of times nowadays, the LED wall then is kind of overpowering the pastor because the LED wall is brighter and more vibrant and everything than, than, the, than the pastor's uh, position. So just making sure those balances are right. You know, getting a light meter, even something from Amazon is, is very easy to get a light meter and find out what's needed. Um, but just also just, just the, the basics of, of, of finding, uh, the, like I said, the limitations and, and finding a, a preacher, a pastor box, you can kind of map out and say, okay, this is a 20 foot by 10 foot section. We need to light properly. This is going to take a few lights, you know, here, and it's going to take a backlight and then, you know, fill and key. And just to get that right. And then the rest of it, it just is, is kind of seeing what the budget is left to do some color wash. Um, so, you know, get the palette uh, done where we can, if it is a black box, bring in a little bit of, of haze uh, in, the, in the mix to be able to uh, bring in some, some spots or some beams or some moving fixtures and create these, this nice, nice ethereal background. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do with lighting and it really does help set the mood and it doesn't have to be something that's an expensive, um, you know, uh, undertaking. It could be something that's done simply, but it has to be done smart. So I would encourage you to find an integrator that, that can, that knows the two worlds between broadcast and theatrical. Um, that way we can kind of make those two worlds ma uh, marriage. Yeah, that, uh, that all makes good. And I didn't realize that about ETC. So that's good knowledge from you. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who, who heard that. And we're like, oh, okay, I'm going to. Yeah, it's that. when we first discovered them, and they and they have different. Uh, there's a there's a gallery set up to where they have like a CRI 80, they have a CRI 90, uh, they have white, they have full color. So um, we we don't use a full color traditionally for a main white lighting because the, the white in it is a little different. Um, but uh, for for different side lights and backlights and things, it's a it's a great uh, product. But the white stuff is incredible. I mean, you're getting the same power, but it's LED. So a lot of times we look at the energy efficiency. I mean, you go to these churches, you look at their, especially down here in Florida where I am, you know, their air conditioning bills. I mean, it's, it's, they have to, when, when those hot lights are on, it is, they're having to cool that place down and you, they don't realize how much heat those lights are putting out with all the LED stuff running cool and, and running on so, so low, so many, um, 
so much less watts than than the old stuff. It's it's amazing to see what it does in a in a in a, an energy energy plan, um, but also just in in being able to have DMX control on individual lighting. Literally, it's just a cat on, on those source fours. It's a Cat five cable, and then you have there's a little adapters that go to your DMX, and then you can bring DMX to each fixture. So instead of having an old lighting dimmer where it control controls a group of lights. Um, you can control you know, individual lights and just do different things individually, which is fantastic. Um, the other thing I would say too, is this is a cool thing happening is aff affordable house lights and uh, house pendants, uh, LEDs have come, they've come down in price so much. And now the new trend is going to be full color for house lights in churches. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it, it just, it's, a, it's an extension of what's happening on stage. And it's something that you can carry on over to the audience where they feel like they're a part of what's happening. You can bring in some nice color wash. You can change colors. If you're doing, you know, some uh, like a, like a, a production for Easter, or whatever, you can have like water effect where you could have like blue and green kind of going across and every one of the individual controlled individual, you know, dimming and, and, and color uh, attributes. So we can use those to really create an atmosphere in the audience too. Not yet. And then especially with white too, we could say literally, go to a warm white, go to, go to give us 3000 K and then boom, it just goes to that. Or, Hey, let's go to daylight. Let's go to 6,500. Boom. You push a button. It goes to daylight. So just, and anywhere in between. So anywhere that mix, it just helps, you know, create that atmosphere, helps, help tell what helps our white balances and uh, just, just continues an extension of what's happening on stage to where the audience feels more apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and being able to sort of create that, uh, that connection, with the audience, but also with the audience at home, right? Being able to absolutely to build that intimacy and still make them feel like they're part of it, even if they're sitting on their sofa, is yes. is a really good thing. So, absolutely. So saying that, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. All of this information that you've given us so far has been really great. But what would you say mm -hmm. is the number one most important aspect of lighting for worship that churches need to be aware of before they go out and purchase lighting? I would say, first of all, get a good plan. Uh, and whether that's something you could do on your own or that's something you need to hire somebody to do, like an integrator like us or, or a consultant to help out, just to, just to look at your blind spots uh, and just to help you know, kind of give you some experience, speak wisdom into the situation. Because um, that way we can really help and look at, a, look at a, 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 a floor plan or look at some measurements and say, okay, here's what, here's what, your, if this, this is what your goals are. Here's some, some items we'd recommend. And especially finding the budget. There's going to be some stuff that is way high that if you looked at those first, you'd be like, oh, that's unattainable. I can't do that. Well, there are stuff in the lower end of things or the mid mid side of things where we can get we can get some affordable um, you know, fixtures that will help get the job done. And worse, it really it's and I've learned this from <clears throat> once again from Dan, my mentor, he's he, he'll, he'll literally he can go to Home Depot or Lowe's and he can get he can get products that are there that are you know, industrial or that are, that are uh, consumer type fixtures. And he can literally uh, with, with proper tools, with, with just the different workarounds, he can get them to look like and place them properly to where it looks like a broadcast light and looks like the right temperature and everything just by taking out, you know, he's like, how do you, how do you get rid of shadows here? How do you do this? So we, we sometimes like in our own church, we used, um, we used uh, one of his old tricks is like we use window tinting. Um, to actually layer some of the lights. So even we have LEDs, so we, but just some, sometimes you're getting this little shadow, this little transition point. So we, we crinkled up some window tinting and, and, and clipped it to the, to the side of the light. That way when it's like a little diffuser and it gives you, <clears throat> gives you just great balance. You're like, okay, you walk across, you're like, okay, now it's smooth. And all you needed was that little adjustment, but it's these little things that are, 
little tricks of the trade and they're not expensive. It's just a matter of knowing what you're looking for. And really, I, I see a lot of times, especially in the broadcast world, we have to see what does the camera see? That's the most important. So we have to adjust lights. When, when we're adjusting and focusing lights, we have the cameras on and we're, we're, not, we're worried more about what's happening on camera nowadays than we are even in the audience because we have to make sure that it looks good for broadcast, for IMAG, for whatever's happening you know, in or outside the room. Uh, and then everything else kind of lines up. Once we get your foundation, your basics right. Um, so just finding, you know, first of all, the white light is, is the most important. If you can't do, if you can't afford color, you can't afford movers. I know that's the flashy stuff, but get the basics right and then add to that. Um, because without that, without the basics and the fundamentals, you're, you're going to have a, you're not going to have a great uh, live stream and, and a great uh, broadcast. Makes sense. So I was going to ask you about uh, recommendations for equipment that could fit into any budget, but I'm mm -hmm. thinking that maybe we could sort of tack into that because you've also talked a little bit about that already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what about, um, what type of expectations should churches have for their budget when they're putting together lighting? Because I, I know just from talking to <clears> several <throat> churches that sometimes their expectations don't really meet um, what their actual needs are. So how would, how right. can churches sort of look at that and, and budget properly and not just budget based on what they want to spend? Right. Right. Well, I think, uh, keeping in mind what I just said, like at the basics is, is, you know, the white light and the basics and the fundamentals are the, are key. Um, but also boundaries, boundaries are, are crucial because everybody wants the whole room lit. Uh, you know, every pastor would love, Hey, I'd love to walk down the aisle, walk over here. It's not gonna, it doesn't look right. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to light for that. And for all the, you know, cause the stage level and the house level are usually two different things. Um, but when we look at budget and say, okay, all we go, if we shrink your boundaries, then we also get to shrink your budget because we have with less fixtures, uh, for less square footage. Um, so just, you know, if you're the, the easiest pastors to light are the ones that are like the, the teacher type pastors where they're in front of a screen and they usually have a TV, they're like a teacher and they basically have, you know, just, they're at their little, uh, they have a little, little square that they stand in and they, they hardly move away from the pulpit and they have a little TV behind them and they're teaching from that. Um, those are the easiest because it's like, okay, your boundaries are 10 feet by, by six feet. You hardly move from that. So that's, that's a lot easier to light and it's a lot less fixtures. But if you are, a, you know, a worship team who has different vocalists everywhere and you have a band and you have, you know, your pastor wants to move the stage, we have to increase those boundaries. Therefore, we have to increase the amount of fixtures, but it still doesn't have to break the bank. We can, we can use fixtures that are further away um, that might give us uh, with, with a, a wider lens. Uh, which can can give us more of a high power wide wash, uh, where that we can you know at least get you in the ball game and then not have to worry about that kind of stuff. So um, there's really a lot. There's a, there's a gambit of things you know budgetarily we can do. Our our church we we just did a, a, a upgrade last year right before COVID uh, last March. In fact, this this time last year, and uh, we <clears throat> we designed it for three or four months. It took us to design it. What you know. Always look at what what are things you're you're you, you've seen that are trouble. What are some of your annoyances? You know, what are things you've run into the last few years? Create a list. You know, if even if you don't have something now, you know, and you don't you're not even looking at upgrading right now, but just create a list. Write some things down of what some of those issues are. That way, when it does come time to upgrade, you can have a whole list of things. Well, we didn't like how this happened. We didn't get to do this because we didn't have the proper lighting or whatever. Create those things and and all that. That way. 
an integrator like me, it helps us because we get to come in and say, okay, we can solve that problem. We can solve that problem. We can solve that problem. And here's, here's how to solve it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I, I would say also, um, one thing that, that should be added and, and it's something that I know you are a strong proponent of, and we definitely are at the magazine is put in your budget room to hire an actual integrator. Absolutely. Integration and installation is crucial. I mean, especially when you're flying stuff, um, you know, when you're flying speakers, you're flying lights, you're flying, you know, uh, uh, haze machines, whatever, you got to make sure you have the proper people doing the proper hardware who are licensed to be able to do that stuff and have the liabilities in order to do that. Um, you don't want to, to just try to um, Mickey Mouse that stuff together and, and try and, well, let's uh, Sure. Well, a guy in the church does, you know, he's, he does uh, auto parts. So I think he can handle, handle hanging lights. Well, it's not quite the same thing. You know, we have to use the safety cables. We got to make sure we are, we're attaching to the, to the structure properly and that we're you know making sure we do the right thing. In fact, one recent job in Virginia, we're just doing right now, we're just finishing that church up. Uh, it's a remodel of a church. Uh, and it's, it was a, a more of a um, denominational religious church. And this is now more of a progressive church that bought it. So there were redoing everything. And, we had to actually cut the drywall to get to the beams because there was no attic access, but we had to do it the right way. And I literally had to tell the client, listen, the only way to do this is we got to cut the drywall. It's going to make a mess. We have to attach this stuff properly to the, to the roof structure. Then you'll be safe. And then we'll just have to have somebody come in and patch the drywall, but that's the right way to do it. And that's the important way to make sure you do it safe. And, and if, especially it's going to be above people's heads, to make sure that you do things uh, legally and 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 you do things smart and that that way it's it, you're keeping everybody safe below that. Well, and even just for a liability, mm -hmm. absolutely, which is, unfortunately, is something that churches do have to consider. So, <clears throat> for sure, that's a big part of it. Absolutely, yep. <laughs> Super. Well, good. I think we're probably uh, closing in on our time that we have. So, I mm -hmm. would just like to say, Ricky, it is always a pleasure speaking with you. Um, and I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and um, your encouragement to those that you serve. And hopefully we'll see you at CFX. Um, Absolutely. Like to thank My pleasure. Everyone as well today who listened to our podcast. And uh, we encourage you strongly to connect with Ricky at his website, uh, protonglobal.com or through Instagram or Facebook at Proton Global. You can see some great pictures of some of the stuff that he's done. Check back next month to listen to our next podcast.